Hello, and welcome to Minutes of Metalography, the mother of all metalography podcasts. Today, Dr. Mike Keeble joins the podcast to talk about the International Metallographic Society, or IMS for short. He is the laboratories and technology manager at Bueller and has recently become the president of IMS. Mike, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Jonathan, and thank you for inviting me onto the show today. That's good to hear. You know, I, I think we have a good show in store for us today. Who better to talk about IMS than the current president of IMS? Well, <laughs> I appreciate the thought, but as the incoming president, I'm pretty new to the position, but I'll, uh, I'll do my best to, to talk about it in some kind of a sensible way. You'll be good. You'll be good. <laughs> um, yeah, so to start it off, can you give a brief background on yourself? For example, how your career ended up taking you to Bueller? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'd like to go back to, to the college years. I've always had an interest in science and engineering. And I started off um, by following material science at um, a lovely campus called Swansea University, which is in South Wales in the UK, right by the sea and right by the beach. So a great place to study. And um, I've always been interested in how things are constructed and the way that they work. So material science suited my interests really well. As I was going through undergraduate studies, I realized how much I was enjoying research. And my undergraduate research was on uh, foundry processes, um, casting aluminum. So I ended up doing a, a PhD in finite element modeling and analysis of um, aluminum under uh, casting conditions. So stress-strain characteristics under casting conditions. And when you go into a scientific discipline to, to that level, you begin to find out all sorts of really interesting things. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that research work and uh, immediately wanted to continue doing that kind of thing as a, as a career. When I finished my PhD, uh, I got a job as a research metallurgist in uh, a defense um, company, so the Defence Research Agency in, in the UK, and I was working with uh, metallic materials development projects and, and failure analysis projects um, for aerospace, essentially. Very cool. Um, so with your position now at Bueller, um, what do you do currently? So actually, um, when I started with Bueller, I, I, I joined as a, an applications um, scientist to support people who are using metallography to understand their and characterize their materials. Now, actually, when I came into Bula, I, I had only been doing lab work before that. I hadn't been out in, into society. And <laughs> into society, it sounded like I wasn't released. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't been out into a lot of different industries and a lot of different places. I've mostly been in research and development, working on very focused scientific studies. And when I joined Bueller, it was um, really to take that academic knowledge out into the workplace and help people do their characterization in real world scenarios so that their quality control and failure analysis could be done more effectively. Um, and of course, uh, supporting Bueller sales in, in the process. As I developed experience in that, what, what I discovered was that there was a great deal of improvement that could be made to the products that we offer but also the way in which we were giving information to the community. And uh, there are a lot of people doing metallography out in industry who haven't had any formal training in it. 
haven't got a background sometimes even in, in material science. And so there was a massive need for communicating effective metallographic techniques, but also analysis techniques out into the, into the practical daily world. Mm-hmm. So um, I, as my work with Bueller progressed, I became more and more involved with the strategic direction of the company and with the development of products as well as uh, the support of our customers directly. And I moved over to the US in 2015 to become much more involved in that, uh, in the technical management of Abula as a global company. So I think uh, with your background there, it has a lot of ties to IMS, the International Metallographic Society. How did you first get involved with IMS? That's a good question, Jonathan, because um, being based in the UK uh, during, during the first 10 years of my time with Bueller, uh, I didn't have an, a lot of involvement with ASM or IMS initially. Um, there, there are actually societies in Europe, uh, DGM and IOM3, that I did have involvement with. But um, one of the, the restrictions that I had was that these were mostly favoured by academics. Um, they, they were run by, and most of the volunteers came from academia. And so there wasn't a great deal of engagement between, uh, at least when I was there, there wasn't a great deal of, of engagement between the, the Institute of Materials and the people I was actually talking to in the labs. Um, sometimes there were senior scientists in those companies who would have been a member, but not the actual people doing metallography. And so what I started to do was to, to go out and see what resources were available for our community. And IMS was really the, the best, cleanest, and most widespread resource I could find for getting uh, community input on metallography issues. So I think you might have answered this a little bit here, but uh, how has IMS personally benefited you? Well, the first part of that, big, I think, Jonathan, is, is just talking about um, how, how we develop our own knowledge. In any scientific discipline, you can develop some knowledge from trial and error and experimentation, as well as from people around you. Um, but metallographers tend to be quite spread out. There might be one or two in, in, in a company. They're working in one discrete area of material science. And so the limits of their knowledge can, can really restrict what they can do. As I was going around to our different customer base um, within, within Bueller, of course, we work with all types of customers all over the world doing all, all sorts of things. I was having to learn new techniques and, and new skills as we were working in different circumstances and with different materials. And, and that's a very hard thing to do by yourself. And of course, there was a community within Bueller itself um, of technical specialists, um, including your first podcast interview, actually. Gabe Lucas was working for Bueller at the time that I started with Bueller and was um, one of my mentors. And as I was talking to them, they, they were also talking about the people they knew within the societies. And I realized how valuable that network of contacts can be when you're trying to solve difficult problems, um, not just in this discipline, but especially in metallography and interpretation. So now with you currently being the president of IMS, uh, what was your journey like uh, becoming the president? So I moved over to, over to the Americas, mostly for a greater degree of involvement and responsibility within the management of my own company. Um, but I also recognized that I had an opportunity to engage with IMS more closely. And so I started going to conferences. Uh, at, at the time, um, IMS was attending MS&T, 
Um, and now, of course, we, we are part of the IMAT conference for ASM. And when I started attending conferences, I very quickly met a large group of people who were very knowledgeable, very experienced, and challenged the aspects of my work that I needed challenged, gave me information and, and shared skills and knowledge that I had no other way of accessing, and introduced me to, to a network of people um, that have really helped me to solve problems quickly and effectively as I've come across them in my day-to-day job. I quickly realized as I was talking to these people that the best way of continuing to develop my network was, was to get involved in the society. And one of the things I really didn't consider at all when I moved from one country to another is, is that when you spend 15 years working in a country, you naturally develop contact. You know people, you know where they are, you work with a bunch of people. And when I moved to a different continent, suddenly I didn't have anyone <laughs> that I could reach out to in the same kind of way. So there was a gap there. And I, and I think that the, you know, when you're used to having um, that network around you, you don't appreciate quite how valuable it is until it's suddenly not there. So it really brought home to me how important it was to be an active part of this community and to be able to share my knowledge and receive knowledge back at the same time. And that made me want to volunteer to, to be a part of the committees and, and the director team at IMS. So let's shift the focus to IMS as a whole. What are the current goals of IMS? In other words, what is IMS working towards? Well, I think like, um, like any specialist society in a, in a technical discipline, the idea of, of the International Metallographic Society is to bring people of like mind and need together so that they can ex- share their experience and knowledge. Um, as a society develops into a large organization, we have more and more tools available to us to, to help us to do that. Not everybody has the time and resources to actually go to all of the events that are on. So IMS try to find different ways and mechanisms to get people involved with the society, networking, um, sharing information, and also to provide resources that just help people do their jobs, um, like training courses and webinars. So IMS encompasses a lot of different people. There are veteran metallographers, there are young professionals, and even college students. Um, What kind of opportunities does IMS provide for all of these different people? Well, firstly, it's important to realize that IMS is a part of ASM. Um, So ASM is really a, a, a large organization that supports engineering and technical sciences um, over a, a, a broad range of disciplines. Metallography itself is used over that broad range of disciplines. So having a collaboration with both ASM and the other affiliate societies give us, gives us a, a very wide network with enough, enough depth of knowledge in specialist areas to to support the needs of individual parts of our community. So I think we've, we've gone about trying to support different parts of our community in different ways. And of course, there's always room for improvement. Um, for veteran metallographers, usually what we find is that people have got a good depth of knowledge in a particular area. But as the world changes or their role changes, they're looking to update their knowledge or to extend their capabilities so that they can expand into new and different roles or just accommodate changing needs. Uh, And a good example is primary metal producers. You know, there there was a time when pretty much everything that's being produced is going to be steel. (laughs) 
And as we move through to using more, uh, I'll say exotic materials, but they're not really <laughs> um, more exotic alloys like like nickel super alloys or or um, some of the titanium materials or even things like nitinol that you uh, uh, the shape memory metal that we um, use in in the medical world especially. All of these require slightly new skills and slightly updated knowledge. So IMS has um, tried to put together platforms that help people find that information readily. One of the best resources that we have available are the, are the ASM handbooks. So ASM handbook volume nine is called Metallography and Microstructures. And it was written by members of the International Metallographic Society. And that information is a really core repository of information about um, microstructures and techniques and interpretation approaches, including etching. Um, that, that really should be a, a, a go-to for just about anyone doing metallography. What is IMS doing to keep up to date with supporting the community as we move into the digitized age? Um, well, well, that's a good, good question, Jonathan. I think there, there are lots of parts to that answer. Uh, the first part is that we, we want to address the needs of people who are new to the field and our younger members. And that means creating a society that's both welcoming but also uses ways of communicating that people are familiar with. Um, now, someone my age, we, we've grown up with computers and, uh, and changed our presentation style, moving from, from paper to computer. Um, but really, people who are starting new out of college in this area are very familiar with digital platforms. And so one of the things that IMS is doing is trying to update our communication style so that we move um, away from some of the, the uh, let's say, um, paper-based support, and more into the digital world, both with offering training courses that um, are available in part digitally, um, but also trying to do more with webinars and, of course, things like this, uh, podcasts that reach out to people in, in a different way. Now, of course, metallography is a practical science. We, we always will need to get people in front of machines and into labs to really share the art and the science of metallography. But if we can transfer more of this information digitally and give it to people a little bit at a time, I think that suits uh, what, what people need and expect um, in this decade compared to a couple of decades ago. So as the years go on here, um, how do you see IMS moving forward in the future? Well, I'm going to put my um, IMS president's hat on <laughs> for a little while. There are two things any society needs to be successful. Uh, we need to answer the needs of our community, um, and we need to have a community, <laughs> okay? So uh, any society is only as successful as its members. The more people that we have involved, the greater the pool of knowledge that's being shared, the greater the networking opportunities, and the greater the number of people there are who can volunteer a little bit of time to um, putting information into our, our pool of knowledge and the resources that we want to make available to everybody. And so the, the first and most important part is to be relevant to our members. We want to provide content and regular information and updated information that's actually useful to people working in metallography. And this comes through a number of different mechanisms. Um, I've mentioned the, the ASM handbook, uh, 
which is a which is a really important mechanism. But we also run training courses through ASM on metallography and microstructures and uh, interpretation of, of structures. And these can be a very useful resource for anybody who needs to have a refresher or extend their knowledge on particular material. Mike, thanks for answering all of these questions. We are getting close to finishing up, but we have one more question today submitted by a listener. The question today was chosen from submissions to metminutes at gmail.com. Again, that is M-E-T-M-I-N-U-T-E-S at gmail.com. If you have a question that you want answered, please feel free to submit it. Mike, what is your favorite microstructure? <laughs> Jonathan, to me, this is kind of an impossible question because it changes all the time. And I have microstructures all over my walls. If I, if I want a piece of art on my wall, it's a microstructure. And there's an amazing array of stuff that's out there. I know you can talk a little bit about meteors, for instance, and, and how beautiful meteorites can look. Um, I, I, I love some of the traditional materials. Uh, aluminum alloys, especially when they're anodized with Barker's reagent and looked at with polarized light, um, have a beautiful structure, uh, a cell-like structure um, in, in different colors. But I think the favorite, the one that I keep going back to that I always enjoy is, is actually graphitic iron. <laughs> it's, it's a very old material and you can pick it up historically. It, it, it's relatively cheap. But it also comes in a lot of different forms, and those forms can have um, different types of beauty. It's, it's uh, not usually too difficult to prepare, um, but with some color etching added to it, you can see some amazingly detailed microstructures and crystallinity in, in graphite spheroids, uh, spheroids and, and things like that. And I think for me, that, that's the one I keep coming back to is just a, a, a beautiful and complex and, and, and fun structure to look at. So you said you have a bunch of microstructures on your wall. Do you have any microstructures of that on your wall? I, I don't have spheroidal graphite. I, I have a secular graphite on my wall. Yes. Um, <laughs> so if I, if I tell you what I can look at, I've, I've got a Whitman Stanton structure. I've got uh, an anodized aluminum. I've got some acicular graphite. I've got some hard-wearing tungsten carbide cobalt material. Um, and then in the lab, <laughs> I, I have uh, um, uh, a transmitted light shot of a Tyrannosaurus rex bone, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is a great one. A couple of welds of magnesium. And the, the, the list is endless. I can't, I can't pick one, but... Honestly, go and have a look at some of the calendars uh, that, are, that are produced by Bueller and, and other people, uh, and you'll, you'll see some fantastic structures, and I guarantee you'll find something you want to put on your wall. Well, it sounds like uh, that's another podcast episode in itself, is going through your wall art. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, if sometime you're talking to George van der Voort, he's definitely the person to talk about it as well. So. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need to do uh, more of a visual representation for the wall art, but uh, it, it can be a lot of fun. Most of the time, day to day, you're not looking at these structures, but, but you can do some wonderful things with metallography. Of course. If you are interested in learning more about IMS and looking into scholarship and career opportunities, be sure to check out the attached link in the podcast episode description. That does it for this episode of Minutes of Metallography, the mother of all metallography podcasts. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Mike. Thanks, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure.